Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Edge Podcast. How is everybody doing? I hope you're having a fantastic new year so far. I certainly am. I'm excited to be back. Took a couple weeks off. We did the, well, I took one week off and then we did the mashup recap of the year before that. Uh, So kind of like a one and a half off. But anyways, glad to be back in full force. And uh, by the way, I forgot to mention on the last episode that we are now on Spotify. Uh, For those of you that want to listen to this podcast on Spotify, uh, just adding another option there because... Uh, I know Spotify is growing as a podcast platform, so we were able to get on it as well. So just search MGR on Spotify and you will find the podcast. Also, by the way, a lot of you listen on like SoundCloud because that's how we distribute it uh, a lot of places online just because SoundCloud works universally on like PC and Android and uh, iOS. But, you know, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on obviously SoundCloud, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, all those. So whichever is your favorite podcast platform, if you're not currently listening on there, be sure to listen to us on the place that you prefer because we're on pretty much all of them. So anyways, uh, today's episode is going to be about marketing, your marketing focus for 2019. Um, I wanted to kind of look at what would be, what are for 2019 the biggest opportunities what is underpriced right now so i'm not going to go into so much all you know all marketing strategies obviously we've done a ton of episodes on that we'll continue to do more episodes into the year but i wanted to kind of talk about the biggest uh discrepancy in as far as price to value that you can uh gain from these platforms if that makes sense so how much money you're spending for the amount you're getting back on different platforms and so i wanted to talk about this uh for 2019 because i think it's kind of changing a little bit and uh, yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's always good to know where the real opportunities lie out there. So that's what today's episode is all about. My voice is better now. If you've been listening uh, over the past, you know, month or so, I've just been getting killed with allergies. I'm on some new allergy medication now. It's gotten a little better. But, you know, it, it was bad a few days ago. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like... Uh, you know when you're like you you feel like you're slowly dying, but you, you know you're not. Anyways, enough complaining about allergies. Uh, we're gonna get through it. I'm on some new allergy medication. Feeling much better. Nose is much more cleared up, although I'm still slightly congested. But you know that's what it's like living in Arizona, Phoenix. For those of you who don't live here, it uh has horrible horrible allergy season pretty much year long it's not a seasonal thing here so anyways let's uh let's get into the podcast you ain't got no money i ain't got no time all these faces looking funny when i'm driving back. so underpriced platform number one as always is facebook slash instagram obviously they're kind of one in the same but uh I'm not going to go super in-depth on this right now because we've talked about Facebook and Instagram a lot over the past year, and 
I'm not going to you know, go into the whole spiel. We have plenty of episodes on that. You could just scroll back in the feed and look at those if you want. Uh, but just very briefly, you know, 2019 will still be a good year for Instagram and Facebook. You know, they have extremely uh, accurate targeting and a massive user base while still maintaining low-ish advertising costs. They are slightly going up. Obviously, there's more and more demand, but... They're still much cheaper than many other alternatives out there. The debate about how much longer the prices will stay low is a different subject. But I think for 2019, we will see them stay. I can't make any promises that they'll still be low in 2020. So now is the time to capitalize. Uh, you know, the talk about Facebook shrinking, by the way, is overstated. I, I don't understand all these people saying that Facebook is dead. It is absolutely not dead. You can go look at the user data. Yeah, they've lost a few users here and there. I'm not going to lie. Their brand image has uh, gone down a bit. I've talked about that in the past. But as far as the effectiveness of advertising on Facebook, it has not really gone down at all. Not to mention, they also own Instagram, which is where a lot of the people who have left Facebook have gone to, especially the younger generations and Instagram is growing rapidly in both number of users and usage rates so more people are using Instagram than ever and those users are spending more time per day on the app than ever needless to say Facebook Instagram it's here to stay it's a great platform it's still underpriced for all of the value both brand equity wise as far as just building your brand and awareness and as far as driving sales and revenues it's incredibly underpriced it's an amazing opportunity but like i said i've talked about it a million times you can go listen to older podcasts if you want to uh, hear a little more in depth about that let's talk about some of these lesser talked about opportunities now the first being podcasts and i'm going to talk about two aspects of podcasts podcast production like what we do with this podcast that you're listening to now creating your own podcast and then podcast advertising advertising on other people's podcasts so first let's talk about podcast production creating your own podcast if you sell your own services this is an absolute must and here's why you know honestly if you sell services and especially if you do like, like, I mean, doctors, lawyers, obviously a marketing agency like ourselves, any type of service, it's easy to do a podcast because all you have to do is take the advice and information that you're used to giving your patients or your clients or whatever all day and just spew it into a microphone like I do with this show. You know, we just take, we aggregate different information, different stuff that we tell clients, and then we just put it on the web and i spit it into a microphone I'm, i keep saying spit it in i should probably use a different uh verb there but anyways spew it in talk it in whatever you want to say i just say it into a microphone and we upload it and it's great it's a very easy way because you know we do this all day we talk about marketing and give advice and strategy to clients all day so now we just take the same thing and give it a little more broad generic to apply to everyone instead of a specific case and just give it out there so if you're a doctor a lawyer or any any service business i'm just giving those because those are you know super popular uh, services but any service business any advice business consultation business anything like that super easy to do a podcast that's why it's perfect for you because it's basically just what you're doing all day anyways you're just recording it and it's an easy way to build a reputation for yourself 
for your business. You know, you're showing off your expertise and insight that you already have and just showing it to the world. So when people need legal counsel or can't figure out what's going wrong with their back, they're going to think back to, hey, uh, Johnny Law Services gave really good advice on uh, that the other day. Let me give him a call, see what he has to say uh, now that I'm getting sued by some uh, customer or whatever. So if you're in the service business, a podcast is a must. It's super easy. I, I can't recommend it enough. And it's very, you know, it's not expensive to set up. You just buy a decent microphone, get some recording software. Really, it's a couple hundred dollars investment and you're good to go. Now, on the flip side, podcast advertising, right? Paying podcast hosts to do ad reads for your business. This is really one of the great opportunities that currently exist in the advertising space. We talk about price arbitrage. Uh, This is a big one. And, And here's why. So podcast monetization is hard because unlike if you have a blog or something like that and you want to monetize it and you want to make money from your writing, there's no Google AdSense or any form of like, you know, for those who don't know, if you know, if you create a blog, there's plenty of companies that you can go to and just sign up and uh, they'll give you banner ad inventory to put on your site so you can start making money when people who read your blog click on those ads. Now, for podcasts, there is no um, AdSense or marketplace for podcast advertising. Not yet. At least no major ones. I've seen a couple small ones, but nothing really major. So there's no quick and easy way for someone who has a podcast to basically attract in advertisers for their show. So because of this, many of them have empty ad inventory, meaning if they typically run, like if you're a podcaster and you typically run one pre-roll right before the show and then two mid-rolls in the middle of the show kind of spread out, a lot of times one or more of these slots are going to be empty because they can't find enough advertisers to fill them, which means that a lot of times they're going to end up selling that inventory for cheap because obviously selling an ad uh, ad spot in your show for a low price is better than having no ad spot because that means you're making $0 on that podcast. So that's why there's such a pricing, uh, uh, underpricing, I should say. And the real opportunity is with mid-level podcasters, the people who get between, say, five to about 50,000 downloads per episode. Podcasts that are larger than about 50,000 per episode are able to partner with large ad brokers, uh, and those ad brokers will help them get advertisers. And then also, once they get above that kind of 50K threshold, normally that's when you're kind of a little more on the map, a little more on the radar, and advertisers will approach them directly. But ones that are smaller than 50,000 downloads per episode, uh, a lot of times they have a hard time because they're not well known enough to get approached very often but they still have a large enough audience to where advertising with them can make a lot of sense so just to give you some real numbers here some raw data so you understand a lot of the bigger podcasts charge uh it's all podcasting is all on a cpm basis cost per mil meaning how much money you spend per thousand listeners so typically more popular bigger podcasts are going to charge between 30 and 60 dollars per thousand listeners and if you're in the uh online uh, ad space that sounds like a lot 
And it is, it's a lot compared to other things, but it's because it's really, really effective because it's, it's almost an endorsement more than an advertisement because the podcast host, the person who this listener trusts is reading this ad and is recommending to the person that they buy this product or service or whatever. And so that's why they work so well. Um, now you can advertise, like I said, so those cost between 30 and $60 CPMs and, and those work well too. If you have the budget to go spend, you know, uh, $20,000 and buying ad spots on bigger podcasts, it's, it can definitely be worth it. Um, that's obviously, you know, they sell out all their ad inventory for a reason and they charge those CPMs for a reason because they get very high conversion rates compared to other, uh, advertising opportunities online. But smaller podcasters who have that same advantage of having built up that trust and reading your product ad and recommending your product or service, but it's going to cost a lot less. With smaller podcasters, you can uh, typically find that you can buy ad uh, inventory on their podcast for around 10 to $20 per CPM. So we're talking you know, half to a third to even less, uh, you know, uh, uh, than larger podcasts, which is just an incredible discount. And podcasts are pretty targeted too. You know, if you sell, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, you know, uh, an energy drink, for example, then maybe you want to find a podcast that focuses on productivity in the workplace, right? Because then they're going to, those people are going to maybe want to buy an energy drink. Or if you sell an herbal tea, kind of the opposite, maybe you want to find like a health and wellness podcast. Or if you sell uh, golf clubs, you want to find a podcast that's a show about golf or golf advice, golf tips. You know, there's all types of podcasts out there. You just got to find the podcast that fits your product. And odds are that they're not going to be huge because the huge podcasts are the ones that that kind of... Uh, appeal to the mass general audience. The ones that are smaller often have a little more of a niche audience, but that actually can work even better for you because you don't care about the masses. You care about people who would be interested in your product or service. That's why podcasts are such an opportunity, especially these mid smaller podcasts that are still getting say 10,000 downloads an episode. So there's 10,000 people who are really, really interested in getting golf advice. Those are people who you're going to want to know uh, about your golf clubs, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the theory idea behind why the podcasting advertising is such an opportunity as well as podcast production, as I was talking about earlier. Podcasting is a big deal, and it's really just because it's hard for these podcasters to find enough advertisers. So if you can approach them, they will gladly take a discounted price if it means that they can fill that ad inventory. All right, next up on the list is Amazon's ad network. Now, I did a full episode on Amazon's ad network, I think it was back in November, um, talking about how Amazon is really becoming the third uh, horseman when it comes to digital advertising next to Google and Facebook. And I really mean it. I think 2019 is going to be a big year, but I think a lot of uh, online advertisers have not realized this yet because when you think of online advertising, you really do think of Facebook, Instagram, and Google. You don't necessarily think of Amazon yet. I think you should, and I think 2019 is the year that companies should start adding Amazon into their advertising repertoire, even if you don't sell products on Amazon or sell products at all, even if you sell services 
whatever you sell, you should focus on Amazon's ad network. This is why, right? So before, obviously, the only advertising Amazon had was their uh, basically what's called sponsored ads, their pay-per-click, which is just pay-per-click on Amazon.com. So you pay to put your product rankings uh, higher on whatever keywords you're targeting. Very similar to Google, but for Amazon uh, products, people who sell on Amazon. Now they have an ad network. So they have a few different um, types of ads. They have video ads, display ads, etc., things like that on and off of Amazon for both products and services that are on or off of Amazon. So what's the advantage that Amazon has over Google or Facebook? Well, Google and Facebook have their targeting and audience profiles based off of behaviors and interests. So Facebook tries to see what people are interested in, what are they looking, what type of content do they look at, what things do they like, etc. Google obviously has intent based, so they know what you're searching for. But Amazon has a step up on both of them because Amazon has purchase data. They have buying patterns which is better than behavioral and interest patterns because Facebook and Google try to use behavioral and interest patterns to guess what someone's buying patterns are. Amazon just knows what people's buying patterns are. So that is why Amazon's ad platform is so powerful. And the new thing is, or it's not so new, but it's really ramping up now, is that it's not just for products on Amazon anymore. If you sell any type of service, even if you sell your own product, but you don't actually sell it on Amazon, you sell it on your own e-commerce site, you can now target people on Amazon.com and on their display ad network, just like Google has their own display network. Amazon has their own one too. And you can target people based on their purchasing behavior. So like I said before, if you sell golf clubs, you can literally target people who buy golf clubs frequently, or I don't know how frequent, I'm not a golfer, I don't know how frequently people buy golf clubs, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you sell, especially like if you sell uh, consumable goods, if it's food or any type of thing that, you know, you run out of, you can target people who buy your competitors' products on Amazon and advertise directly to them. That's the power of Amazon's ad network, and it's not that expensive yet because not everyone has realized that Amazon is available for everybody, not just for selling on Amazon.com. Now, how much longer that uh, information will kind of stay hidden, I don't know. It probably doesn't help when podcasters like myself go on and talk about how good of an opportunity it is, but I would recommend that you very much look into advertising through Amazon's uh, ad network very soon because of the opportunity that is there. All right, and the final platform that I want to talk about is, drumroll please, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is unique in that both its organic and paid advertising works well. You know, organic is all about the platform's algorithm and algorithms and how much uh, that platform wants to show organic content to its users. LinkedIn thus far has kept its organic reach high compared to, say, Facebook, which likes to keep it low. 
so once you're able to capture followers on LinkedIn, you're going to be able to easily and mostly freely show them your content. That's why LinkedIn organic is still really powerful. And if you match it with their ad platform to try to gain a following, then it can be really powerful. Uh, LinkedIn's ad platform also has a really wide opportunity because its advantage is its targeting. If you're selling to B2B customers, you can target by job title, company, industry, etc. Whatever type of person is your ideal B2B customer, they can be targeted through LinkedIn like no other. Facebook has their own B2B product where they try to get uh, people who basically put their job status and information on Facebook too. But Facebook is very often not up to date. A lot of people don't always update their job status on Facebook very often. Some people don't even put their job titles on Facebook, but pretty much everyone puts their job status on LinkedIn because they use it as a, a tool, as almost a mini resume to get jobs, obviously. So right now, LinkedIn's B2B product is better than Facebook's as far as targeting goes. Now, the only downside of LinkedIn paid ads, which I've discussed before, is that they put a bidding floor on all of their auctions, which artificially raises ad prices. That means you're going to have to do more testing and be more accurate when you're advertising on LinkedIn so that you're not overspending to acquire customers. And by the way, one last thing on LinkedIn that a lot of people don't think about. So obviously, people think of LinkedIn as a B2B platform. If you're a selling consumer products, you can use it as a B2B to C platform. So for example, if you want to get your product into say Walmart or Target or whatever stores, you can target people whose job status is a buyer at Walmart, buyer at Target, all of those things. You can target those people and serve them with ads for your product and create some type of content that would make them want to put your products on their shelves or at least be aware of your products when they're looking to add new things because uh, as you know, retail buyers are supposed to find new products. And a lot of people don't think about it like that, but that's a major opportunity for consumer product companies to use LinkedIn as well. And it can be very, very powerful. And that's just one example. There's lots of ways to go B2B to C through LinkedIn that a lot of people don't think about. You just have to think a little more creatively with your advertising. But LinkedIn is really powerful for getting to business professionals. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you got something out of this. Uh, let me know what you guys think about uh, these different platforms. If you've, you know, already messed around with Amazon, obviously a lot of you must, you know, use Facebook and Instagram, but like podcast advertising, Amazon's ad network, I'd be interested. Uh, email me, david at mgragency.com. Dot com. Uh, I'd be glad to contact you. That's another thing. If someone out there is uh, feeling entrepreneurial, someone needs to build a better podcast app because there's like with a comment system and recommended algorithms and ways to interact because like there's no way for people to really comment on podcasts and for me to interact with them. I just have to tell people to email me. It's really bad. I think there's definitely an opportunity there. And if you can make a platform that also, uh, once you have that, you're able to create an ad marketplace on top of it. That could be a very, very interesting product. So there's an idea if someone wants to 
execute on it. Anyways, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Speaking of platforms, leave a review on whichever platform you listen on, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. What are, is there Spotify reviews? I haven't checked. If there is, I'll take them. Uh, whichever podcast you listen, platform you listen on, we greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. I will see you next time. <laughs>